welcome friends to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 285. Ooh. Ooh. That's a big 15, number. 15 off. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a big one, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> 15 off a big one. That's, that's, that's a huge one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, jeez. Anyway, uh, I'm here with Lucy. Hello. Hey! Hi again. <laughs> Should we hang out, drink some beers, yes. chat about some games? I always like hanging out with you, Ben. Good. And and are you? And are you, Lucy? <laughs> Adam's off on his uh, his holiday. He's uh, he's been whisked away from us uh, for a lovely weekend away, or a lovely yes. week away, actually. Um, so, uh, Lucy, why don't mm. you start the proceedings and open up a uh, open up a beer? Yeah, I'm gonna have two this week my week mm-hmm. off so you know when in Rome and I've resorted back to type and I'm having a fractal uh, from Equilibrium um, okay. I'm not sure if I've had this one on the podcast I think I had something that was it might have been a different fractal because uh, a lot of their beers they, they do reuse their names Yes. Um, so I would have to look back in the annals of uh, Tanked Up um, see if I have had it before, but yeah, this is the Citra Mosaic one, uh, and it's 6.8% IPA, uh, and it's in a pint can. Um, Ooh. Yes. An American pint can. Uh, yeah, it would be American pint can. So Which I think it's 500, 500 mil, I think. Who's, who's to know? There's no way of checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only do... Metric. What's That's this uh, mm. nonsense with these gallons? And to be fair, like in Britain, we we measure so many things in like just we we measure like metric and imperial. It's like it's it, I, I, it's nuts. It's just yeah, it is <laughs> like, nuts. It is nuts. Yeah. It's weird the way that we uh, the way that we do things over yeah. here. Um, like, yeah. How fast are you driving? Sixty miles an hour. Uh, I'm, oh, how long was your run this morning? Five k, and it's just yep. like, <laughs> what it's, I, does that I, mean? Exactly, and it, and again, like you drink a pint, which is what five hundred and forty-eight mil or something yeah. uh, milliliters, something like that. Yet when you're cooking, you generally do it in you know bang on millimeters. Three hundred millimeters is required for this. It's not one pint. Well, it's not half a pint. It's it's just in millimeters. Because anyway. I because I'm brown, uh, I don't use measurements uh, when I cook. It's just like ah. that'll do. Dash of that. That's do it fair. by eye. None that's, of these that's, measuring jugs. Yeah. Just Those like are only for drinking out of. <laughs> <laughs> only water as well. Just water yeah. out of the uh, out of the measuring jug. Um I am going to drink a beer this evening. I got a couple of beers. I um I'm gonna go a little bit backwards. I'm gonna drink the one with the higher ABV first, because my okay. second one is a, a bigger stout. Uh, mm. but first I'm going to drink a, a New England double IPA at eight percent from Burnt Mill and Track um, called Enigmatic Galaxies. Um, I saw this. It, uh, I mean, I love picking up Burnt Mill. They're great. Track are yeah. excellent as well. This is mm-hmm. the first collaboration I've had from them. Uh, I don't know if it's the first they've done, but it's definitely the first that I've seen. There is a touch of flavor text. 
uh, brewed in collaboration with our friends at Track Brewing Co. For this dipper, we chose a blend of extra pale, Munich, flaked oats, and chit for plenty of body. We whirlpooled and dry hopped with Enigma and Galaxy hops that bring the huge, bright, tropical citrus aromatics we can't get enough of. Um, enigmatic galaxies makes sense that they're the two uh, hops that have been used. Uh, da, 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 da. Ooh. Uh, um, this came out a while ago. It was brewed back in March. So, okay. um, you know, it's it's still within its its best before, at least on the um, on the back of the can, which is fine. It's so, something that um, I I never think to do like when I'm picking up beers. I just like just grab it and just think. Never th- actually think to look at like the best before date, <laughs> mm. which is, um, I mean, obviously like shops they rotate their stock, so you know the oldest beers are are at the front of the shelf. But yep. yeah, I never think yep. about it. And I did, um, I did take a quick look uh, when I picked these up, picked a few beers up the other day um, in the uh, the little bargain bucket mm. that they have, which is generally beers that have just gone over there. Dates yep. and a few of them were more than a week, but most okay. of them yep. were you know a couple of days over yep. there, best before that were in this. Um, so I, I don't know at what point they essentially put it on the uh, counter and just say free or one penny for you know, yeah, a week see out that. of date beer or something. But I, yeah. I never see them just getting rid of the stock i think i don't want to be cynical but maybe they just think someone will pick up this without thinking and or looking at its best before date i don't know if they ethically can do that i'm not sure but it's just yeah i never see people just having a fire sale for for beers because that would literally be me just like at the end of the month just just going there (laughs) with a trolley (laughs) just scraping all the uh, one penny beers in the like, yes. supermarket yes. sweep. Or is it, at what point do they turn around and just say, well, I might as well just take these home and I'll <laughs> just I'll have them myself. Yeah. Share the wealth. Share the wealth. Yeah. Um, how's the fractal? It smells, it smells gorgeous. It smells just, just like tropical fruits, really. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably a bit of guava in there. Mm. Yeah, like slightly. It's like it's like a slightly limey, guavery. Like something that's um, definitely citrus, but like slightly tart citrus. But that that will carry through to the taste. But it it it, it like makes your nose hairs prickle slightly because just <laughs> definitely got a bit of sourness in, in whatever fruit I'm smelling there. But yeah, good looking beer. Um, completely cloudy hazy it's quite light straw colored um quite a big head that's that's sticking around um one and a half almost two finger uh very white frothy head that's mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere except down exactly down my gullet um mm. hmm. that kind of Kind of a, you know what? I'm gonna swirl this around. Okay. Might be a bit of yeast I haven't got in the bottom, mm. just because it feels like it's a bit thin and lacking body. Okay. Um, and that like slightly tart flavour is almost coming out. Hmm. 
Mm. Was was there much in the can? Did you see anything come out when you swirled? No. When was this canned? <laughs> <laughs> Years ago. Yeah, I've, I've had it for probably a couple months. Okay. It doesn't taste... It's There's definitely something a bit sour about it. Like, it's got, like, you know... It's, like, some... Hmm... Like some there's there's some lactose bacillus in there or something like it's mm. it, it may have gone off a bit. It's tasting more like a a lambic almost. Really? Uh, not not quite, but it it feels like it's starting to go that mm. way. Hmm. How odd. But uh, yeah, you know, I think this is starting out of date to go. Beers, out of date beers do start to sort of sour just that little bit, depending yeah. on the, the, the style that they kind of are, so yeah. Yeah, I think this is might have started to go, to be honest. Mm. That being said, it's still decent-tasting <laughs> beer. Um, you, 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 it's it's going to be hard for me to comment on this, to be honest. Um, yeah. But in terms of... it. It's so hard because it's like, I don't know if this was the intentional taste of the beer. I don't think it is because uh, just from the other, like, even the fractal that I had earlier this year, it didn't taste anything like this. It was, mm-hmm. it was like very much a, a very fruity, like sweet, um, kind of juice bomb, um, uh, with a bit of bitterness. Whereas this is definitely leaning over to that sour, um, sourness, um, so it's in that middle part where it's like not sure if it's gone off mm. or not, and it's like if it was like completely sour, I'd be like, okay, this is gone. But um, <laughs> yeah, hard for me to comment on this one. Um, so I may just abstain and drink it <laughs> regardless. That's fair because Absolutely it's still fair. it it's still drinkable. Um, I'll say okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll move on then to the burnt mill. Yeah, I might go get another beer. That's, yeah, um, a shame. Just smash but that one back. Yeah. I, I, mean, um, I mean, I always say, like, if you, it, 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 if the beer's bad, unless it's really terrible, and you're not going to enjoy it, at least get a little buzz from it. And not absolutely, it. Yeah. might <laughs> as well. Absolutely, might as well get you used to it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this enigmatic galaxy has got a nice nose. Very, very light. Mm-hmm. Bit of tropical fruit. Hard to pick out exactly what is in that mix. It's it's very sweet on the nose. So it, it comes across more kind of orangey, almost orange juice, something like that. But there's definitely a little bit more of a tropical hint mm. in there than just orange. Uh, um, poured with barely any head to it at all. And what there was has dissipated pretty instantly. Mm. Um, Hmm. So it's a little more carbonated in the uh, uh, mouthfeel than it than than the look, but it's an interesting flavour. In that that sweet nose doesn't come through a huge amount in the flavour. Okay. The flavour is actually a lot more bitter uh, uh, than the nose is. Um, it's not. 
was going to say it's not unpleasant. I mean, it, it, it's not unpleasant, but it mm-hmm. it's kind of an odd mix of stuff. I would, I think, having those dates on them, I think again this would have been a very different beer back in March yeah. than it is now. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the fruit, only a, only a tiny touch of the fruit, and it's then kicking in with this almost ashy bitterness to yeah. it, which sits and sits and sits and sits and sits, and that is the lasting taste I'm getting from it, this ashy bitterness that doesn't in any way match the nose. Mm. Getting much more of that out of the can, that, that nice, sweeter, tropical sort of smell. Um, but yeah, it's uh, when you have a beer that the nose gives you something and the taste is almost completely different. It's very off-putting, throws you off um, that expectation in your mind, what you've built up from that nose. Mm. And even with that flavour kind of on my yeah. palate, it's not unfolding anymore. I'm not getting any more when I'm drinking it. It'd be you know, When I get to the bottom of it, am I still going to be getting this same flavour profile? Uh, mm-hmm. And it... it that is the best way to currently describe it. That's a very slight bit of tropical fruit at the front, but it almost instantly washed away by this ashy bitterness. And it's it's not dank. It's kind of a little bit more piney, but with yeah. a, a more floral note okay. in there as well. That's so fine. whilst I say it's got this ashy sort of flavor and it's sort of a little harsh on the throat as well, or at least that's how it kind of uh, uh, feels. Um, it does have a you know a pleasant kind of bitterness, uh, a floral, piney bitterness underneath that sort of initial feel to it. That's nice. I had a, um, a siren earlier, and um, mm. it was just one from Sainsbury's, and it was yeah. like, oh, it, it's actually. I think it lacks a bit of body. I think it's the California IPA. Yeah. Um, lacked a bit of depth to it, but it was like it was a decent bit. It was like hoppy, but it was like, yes, it had so much bitterness as well. It's like, mm. especially for like a supermarket beer, you'd think, oh, you know, maybe their clientele don't like overly sure bitter beers, but it's just like, yeah, this is this is like a old school, you know, IPA where it's like, yes, they're they're on a pod apologetically like bitter so nice yeah it's nice that you got a bit of bitterness in your beer yeah absolutely it is I definitely would have liked a little bit more of that fruitiness and again maybe if this was a little bit younger when I'd drunk it um, that may have come through a little bit more you know maybe balanced out a little bit better with this long bitter finish that I'm I'm getting from it Mm-hmm. Um, Burnt Mill, I think, uh, you know, last year made one of my favourite beers of the year, mm. um, which again was a was a big bitter beer. So it's kind of expected that I'm getting that from them. And Track normally kind of sit in the middle between their sort of their fruitier kind of beers, and then trying something a little bit different as well, especially in their things like their Gold Top beers, which they've been doing. Um, so it's an interesting mix. Um, but as with the uh, the Fractal, I think maybe drank uh, a little bit late for, uh, <laughs> for when we yeah. probably should have yeah. drank them. I was just, I was just looking at like, um, like tasting notes for it. Um, mm. 
first one I untapped I saw was like mild tartness and I was like okay mm, this is a bit more than mild because it's literally as soon as it touches my lips it's got that sourness so mm. I think it might it might might be off um but but yeah it's <laughs> the things that are on on other sites uh, do not describe that beer but right um I mean if this if this is a gone off beer then I mean it speaks to how good you know, equilibrium art, to be honest, because it's like, oh, it's still very, it's still very drinkable. But yeah, I mean, I might go get another bit. No, absolutely, second. yep. Yeah, we we but can you we vamp. can we can take a break for a moment, at least in podcast uh, <laughs> circles, to be back in a moment. This is where you make transition. Yes. Right, well, we'll right. kick back in with yeah. beers. What have you gone to pick up? I've gone to... You can't see from my camera. Beak Brewery. Um, hmm. Whose who, beers I've been enjoying recently, to be fair. Um, this is called Stir, S-T-U-R, and it's a 8.5% dipper. Um, quickly read the flavour text. It says, mm-hmm. in 2016, hopefully not when this beer was canned, uh, in 2016, mm, mm. Jay Cover was invited to work uh, as resident artist uh, at a well-known social network in California. Mm, uh-huh. Okay, right. Anyway, <laughs> there the inevitable Manx man uh, spent five weeks using discarded coffee stirrers to create a series of delectable ge- geometric prints. Uh, this Citra Simcoe Dipper pays homage to one of the most incongruous chapters in Silicon Valley history, with stirry, worry flavours of ripe crushed berries, citrus groves, and bucolic summer nights. Uh, it's got okay. flaked oats in it, flaked wheat, uh, just as hops. Um, while well, it said earlier it was citra simcoe, mm-hmm. so I, I'm guessing those are the only hops they use. But yeah. Uh, screw Facebook. Um <laughs> <laughs> It smells wonderful. It smells Good. what probably the equilibrium should yes. smell like. Yes, I mean, uh, um. <laughs> I, I, I did see, um, uh, when I was in the box shop, I almost picked mm-hmm. up a couple of, from Beak. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was only buying a few, so I wasn't going nuts, you know, doing a bigger run. Otherwise, I, I would have. But I don't know whether I saw Stir, but I did see a couple in there that I hadn't seen previously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really enjoying them. And this is, I mean... The smell is just like dank fruits, dank mm. tropical fruits. You know, it's got that very malty sweetness uh, mm-hmm. aroma to it as well, and that carries through in the taste. It's like it's, 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 yeah, that malty sweetness is right there. That's the first thing you notice, and I think with the with the alcohol as well, it's making it's you know making it a bit more sweet, but mm. it's also paired back by you know nice bit of bitterness. A lot of fruit, tons of fruit. It's very dank and like chewy as well. Mm. It's like, mm. Mm. Ooh. yeah, nice. it, it's it's good. It, it's a bit too cold because it just came out of the fridge, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna let that sit for a while. But um, yeah, first impressions is this is great. This is probably what the equilibrium should have tasted yeah. like. But yeah, Beat Brewery doing good things, man. Mm, mm. Very much enjoying them. Um, just from your description, I am absolutely going to be looking for that the next time I go into the bowl shop. So yeah, 
Yeah, I'm definitely gonna let that warm up a bit because I want to enjoy that for all that it's got. Nice. So. I like I like how we are, you know, uh, semi influencers in that we just influence each other in beers and <laughs> in, in games to buy. So it's like, it's oh, good. Enough good. For me. It's, you know, <laughs> you send us a code for your game and you've probably got at least two other people buying it because, <laughs> yeah. you've, you know, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Talking of games, Lucy, um, yeah. and like, you, you, you're double parked. You've got two beers to, to smash through. But should we start off chatting about that armoured lady behind you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Metro Dread. Um, it's it, it. It was my most anticipated game. I, I try not to get excited about games because you know yeah. the pain when it's just like, okay, this isn't what I was expecting. Um, kind of gets you down, but you know, ever since this one was um, announced, that gosh, was it E3? So it's only like yes. four months ago. Four months, four or five months, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's what you want, really. It's like, I mean, I've not played the, the Prime games, but I could imagine, like, you know, you've been waiting 20 years for Metroid Prime 4, <laughs> or probably less than that, but like 10, 50, however long it's, it is. And that, game's, like, that game was announced two years ago? Not more than that, I'm sure. Really? Jeez. Um, yeah, and I mean, they've re-shifted development, they've basically restarted it which i thought that was very mm. candid and honest of them absolutely um you know especially from nintendo who are very opaque most of the time mm. it's it's like yeah um it was good to see them actually come out and say what well, we've had issues you know yes. even even nintendo who looks like you know their games are just made in the reverse of whatever Mount Doom is, just, just crafted out of you know <laughs> uh, the heavens. Um, yeah, just being honest about it. But it's like imagine waiting for that and just like I'm sure when it comes out it'll be great. But just that kind of built-up anticipation, it's like never fun. Whereas something mm-hmm. like Metro mm-hmm. 2D Metro is a go away from 20 years, and it's like, uh, will we ever get one? Probably not. But um, yeah, this this the. And they did, and and, and and you know they've brought it back. Mercury Steam, who did Samus Returns, which was a very good game on on 3DS, uh, underrated. I think people were like, the Switch is out. Why are you putting out 3DS games? It's like mm. because a hundred million people have <laughs> a 3DS. Yeah. Uh, uh, so why not? But um, yeah, very good game, and that th- it's 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 great to see. Samus back and it's great to see that like this concludes the story arc because yes there is a story in Metroid believe it or not um, of the of, of, of well it's a fifth in, in that kind of like mm-hmm. 2D series and it's bittersweet because it's like uh, can I still demand for more Metroid 2D Metroid <laughs> games or has the world just moved on and they you know Yes, people are buying this one, but that's by virtue of it being on the Switch, which is just a, mm-hmm. a mega hit anyway. Um, am I old, Ben? Am I... Uh, you know, is, is the hand of death just clutching at my shoulder now? I mean, the it's answer like, is always things yes. Are not, yeah, okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> but are things not marked... Well, I know that most things are not marked towards me, but it's like, am I not the demographic anymore? Is it more... 
you know, 3D things, things that are just, you know, not linked to this, you know, 40, well, 35-year-old design anymore. It's like, do people not enjoy that anymore? And you look at, you know, the Metroid, you know, how the influence it has. You have things like Hollow Knight and mm-hmm. Ender Lilies, which was my favourite game this, yeah. this year prior to playing Metroid Dread. And it's like... Those will live on. It's just sad to see, like, the progenitor of that series just, like, walk off into the sunset. Absolutely, yeah. You get that more now from those indie developers looking to um, improve on games that they grew up on, right? Stuff, again, Mm. like Curse of the Moon uh, and those kinds of things, which look to kind of not revitalize the formula, but at least to do something a little bit more modern with those Mm -hmm. kinds of games. We don't get... A 2D Castlevania. We don't get a 2D apart from remakes. Um, we don't get a new Metroid apart from now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it seems that maybe with the um, you know with the way that Hollow Knight kind of uh, did really really well, and these other games that that I wonder whether this has come from the bottom up in Nintendo mm. that the developers went look. We know we can absolutely smash this out. You know, we did we we, we did a good job with the previous game, uh, with the previous two two D Metroid. Uh, um, give us a you know, give us a shot at doing another one for the Switch because here is all of this data on the sales of all of these other games. Yeah. And Nintendo went, yeah, okay. Rather than it coming from Nintendo's, you know, board meeting of what are we going to be releasing? Yeah. You know, within the next few years. I could be completely yeah. wrong in that, but it feels like these kinds of projects, it's not a Smash, it's not a cart, it's not something with Mario's face on it. So it does definitely feel like it's come from the bottom up, almost. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I know Miyamoto doesn't care for Metroid that much. and mm-hmm. I mean... You can't say a bad word of, against me, mate. Or, otherwise, God will literally smite you down where you stand. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I'm I'm most happy for the, the guy who's like, uh, I forget the um. Gosh, what's his name? Is it Sakamoto? I can't remember what his name is. But like the producer of, you know, most of the Metroid games. It's like, it's nice to be like, oh yes, I've I've concluded this story and it's mm. like i mean this 35 year old story it's like yes you can get closure on that series because i mean you know imagine not being able to see that out as the the original creator absolutely so, yeah, yeah yeah um yeah it's it, 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 it it's a fantastic send-off for the series if this is the last of the 2d metroids that we'll ever have and just saying that makes me sad but it's um because i just think it, it, this one, even you know, even though it is harking back to like, you know, classic Metroid style, you're still giving, getting the same like kind of upgrades, albeit in like different orders, which is, you know, the whole point of Metroid and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, like something like the Morph Ball, <laughs> you got really late in this game. Um, I don't know if there's any any sequence breaking where you could get that early, early in the game. So it's like, you know, a bit of surprises there, but it's. It, they they switched up the formula in in the um, these these robots called Emmys, which are uh, I mean Samus goes to this you know this nondescript planet with some weird 
code name, a uh, bunch of numbers and letters like some Twitter bot, and she she goes there and it's like, okay, you you know, gotta kill whatever threat is here, and um, we previously previously set the <laughs> these AI robots there, but you know they're now corrupted, so <laughs> which is was always going to be the, the case, but um, it the most of the game is like centered around these like arenas, like there's specific areas in each of the uh, like kind of um, bigger areas within the game, and and they contain these Emmys, these corrupted Emmys, and um, it's called Metro Dread, and it's literally every time you go into one of these areas, you are like stalked and hunted by one of these robots, and it's it's such a interesting new thing for Metroid. I mean, sort of in Fusion, you had the the uh, the ex-parasite following around, but it was very... It, due to the, you know, limitations of the Game Boy Advance at that point. Um, it's like uh, very scripted events, whereas mm-hmm. like, yes, these, these corrupted robots are set, set in these very specific areas, but the AI is like, you know, they're hunting you, they're chasing you. It's very, it's very, it feels very natural and very fluid. And um, yeah, they like move like the Terminator, just very slow and deliberate at times. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely like uh, nerve wracking because um, there's a certain weapon you get and it's the only thing that can kill these, these Emmys. And... I'll come. I'll come to the controls later, but okay. you are. I played in handheld mode. Probably be better playing with control, uh, pro controller. You are like contorting your hands really in the strangest of ways, and to kill these Emmys, you're basically using one of the analog sticks, and they're very bad on on the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> and it's like. Having to aim at this thing and keep your thumb straight when you're, you know, panicking and nervous yeah. is like these things killing like one hit. You get one chance to like parry and counter them because that's back from like Samus Returns. They use that, uh, introduce that mechanic in there. But when you're like just, you know, going crazy and it's like, oh, what am I doing? I've forgotten the controls. What is this weird configuration? <laughs> it's like the analog stick is moving all over the place. <laughs> It literally becomes like a nerve-wracking affair, and um, maybe they don't switch up. There's seven Emmys in in the entire game. Maybe they don't switch up that kind of formula too much within that. But I, I thought it was a really neat addition to it. It's sort of like kind of like a nemesis thing, where it's like not persistent throughout the whole game, just in these set areas. But those areas occupy. They're usually like the centre of most of the bigger areas, so you're always going through them, you're always encountering them, and you don't get the the required arsenal to kill them until probably a, a bit of ways into exploring that area. Sometimes you come back to that area, just the nature of the design, the mm-hmm. level design. It's like, but yeah, I thought that was a really neat kind of addition. And um, how how I does think, that how hmm. does that uh, um, how is that illustrated, like on the screen? Do they just mm. suddenly appear? Because you know, I am. It, it's it's a two D screen mm-hmm. that you move through until you get to the next area. How do mm-hmm. they come about? Do they just suddenly appear at the entrance to that area and just move slowly and follow you through? 
Well, um, you know you're in the area because, you know, certain doors, you know, are, it's very clear in the, in the fact that it's like, okay, the music changes, mm-hmm. the, the type of door that you're going through. You know when you're in the area, but in terms of the, the Emmy's movement, you can see them on the mini-map that you, that's right. always um, displayed in the in the top right uh, corner of the screen. But, um, yeah, it, it, they they move... The AI is very good in the fact that it's like it knows where to move, just, just you know, it, to always keep you on edge. And um, you, are, you get certain abilities where you can avoid them, and likewise the Emmys start um, having different abilities where it's like, okay... Uh, this cloak mechanic that Samus has, it's like, uh, y- you know, that that's not going to work. It can still, like, sense you and stuff like that. So, right. so they do upgrade in that sense. So they do get a bit more intimidating the more you go through the game. But I think at that point, it's like you face so many of them. You kind of, you know, know what you're doing to, mm-hmm. to, to, to avoid them. But yeah, it's it's... It's it, it's something where it's like, uh, you know, if there were any more than seven, it would probably wear off <laughs> that kind of yeah. like sense of dread and everything. But I think for the first couple ones, you really, you know, it's it's really evocative and really, um, uh, kind of like keeps you on edge. And I mean, it, it's a series that takes from Alien, so it's like, mm. it's you know. It's not quite alien isolation where that can just track you wherever, but it's just, it's it's very much, you know, I think I think it draws on that kind of it wears its alien inspiration on its sleeve, and it's like it's it's sort of cool that they managed to do that, and I think that was a reason why, um, because this game was conceived a long time ago, but it's like they shelved it, they mm. probably like fifteen years ago or something like that, and it's. Um, I think they brought it back because the AI was good enough, because technology is good enough now. And it's a neat idea. It's like you know, you can't, you you probably can't tinker with the with the structure of Metroid too much because you know that's not what fans want. They just want a straight up Metroid game. I was like, I'm when I was playing it, I was like, this is so beautiful to look at, and it's like. Nintendo, with they, their first party games, they can just get everything out of that crappy little console, that crappy <laughs> little underpowered <laughs> console, and it's and it's literally magic, and it, it's 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 nuts. I mean, it's not magic; it's obviously very good programming and developers, and you know, optimization and everything. But it, it it's it's amazing what they can do with seemingly like a lot going on on the screen, and like it runs at sixty. I. Mm-hmm. It was probably like once every four hours I encountered a frame rate drop. Really? It lasted for like three seconds. Yeah, it runs really well. And it's just think it was a 4.1 gigabyte download. And just think, what <laughs> voodoo are they doing over there? <laughs> what are they doing? It's it's nuts. But it as I was playing, I was just like, this looks beautiful. This is so detailed. And I just thought, you don't need to do this. Because I would be happy with a 2D pixelated <laughs> Metroid. But then I'm like, oh, they kind of have to, though, because it's 2021 <laughs> and they need to appeal to a bigger audience because historically Metroid hasn't sold. So they have to do all these things. And it's like they have to 
introduce new mechanics, sort of like like the enemies. They have to, in you know, improve the combat, which is very good in this game. And so I understand why they did all those things, and it just works. It's just it's just it's 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 very much something that's like very rigidly stuck in that kind of you know, you know like kind of uh, level design and mm-hmm. fundamentals, but it does enough just enough where it's like this is new and interesting and nice um it's just it's just a cherry on the top for someone who would have been like just give me a, a map that fills in <laughs> as i go around and it's like that's good enough for me it's a metro game good enough i'd be happy you know yeah um but but yeah and it, it, it for, for for a you know silent protagonist they really like just got samus's badassery down <laughs> to like a t and it's just like <laughs> She's cool, man. She's she's a badass. Nice, you know? nice. And, and like some of the suits in there, it's like, like the last suit you get is genuinely. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but I'm just like, hell yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is like re- really good, like art design. You know, mm. um, so people who truly love Metroid and you know. Uh, just breathe that series probably designed those um, suits because she gets new suits even though even when it's like a very small aesthetic change it, the amount of detail and the amount of you know just cool badassery that is just built into every one of those suits it's just like yeah these are nice. people who understand Metroid mm. um, but yeah it's 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 really good it's good. it's good. it's fantastic it's it, it, it's it doesn't if you're not a fan of Metroid games, which I wouldn't like I wouldn't recommend it to you already. Mm-hmm. It's like unless you're very much into that series and very much into that kind of level design. And I say the level design, this is so intricate, it's like when I thought of like Ender Lilies, which was a very good game, um as I said, my favourite prior to Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. I thought of the level design in that and it's like when you look at the map, it's like these very long rectangles. There's one big rectangle with this part of the world, and then there's this very big rectangle with this part of the world, like adjacent to it or up above it and or below it and stuff like that. Whereas with Metroid, all these rooms and areas are so interconnected, and it's just like... Okay, because I thought, yeah, you can knock out a Metroid game in two hours, two years, you know? It's just like... <laughs> But no, when you look at like the level design, how intricate it is, and how much design and it, you know attention to detail that would take, especially when people are like sequence breaking it and going mm-hmm. in different routes, it's just it's just it's just mastery of that kind of nice. um, you know it, it's just a skill that I can't, couldn't even comprehend. <laughs> just like I'd be like, here's one room and there's another. So go back before before between. <laughs> <laughs> from like you know, from your comments, from other comments I've seen online, uh, from the reviews that are coming out from Metro yeah, Dread, it I seems like an absolute. Any of it. it seems like an mm. absolute hit. Um, Good, but if I see that I saw that it sold well, mm-hmm. and I saw that there's there was an issue with people and the accessibility and difficulty, which will come on to later. But I haven't really seen many reviews because I just want a complete media back blackout with this one. So okay. it's good to see it's been well received. Yeah, 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 completely. Um, 
But if you're if you're new, like if you've picked up a Switch, it's mm-hmm. your first Nintendo console. Um, you know, you're in your early twenties or, or or something, and you haven't really paid attention to Metroid. With this being the culmination of everything that has happened in the 2D Metroid mm. games, is there a way for those people to go back and play all of the previous games? <laughs> can they? Can they? You know. It might be you know incredibly. <laughs> it might be incredibly convoluted in that one and two are through the online service because that's because yeah, you get to play uh, older games. One and super. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like it, yeah. It, it, it's a case that like maybe only two of them are available for people to be able to to go back and play, and then they're sat there going, "Well, how do I have to? How do I do this now? Now I've got to go and buy myself a 3ds." Um, and try and find an old copy of other game. You know, you know the insanity it's of impossible. Nintendo. It, it feels it like is the it, insanity of them. Yeah. It feels like with the release of Metroid Dread, you kind of think any other company would have been like, and here is a remastered version of all the other games for you to play. Yes. And, and again, Konami have just put out a remastered version of some of the Castlevania games. You can play others in, in in other ways from previous remasters and things. And you you kind of feel, suddenly there's news that Konami are like, yes, we are actually developing a Metal Gear game and a Castlevania game and a Silent Hill game. Like Rumours that this is going on at Konami. But you can see the steps they'll take. Yeah, get people interested in Castlevania again. Re-release them, remaster them, and then we hit them with a announcement that we're bringing out a new... One, but Nintendo's yeah. just like, yeah, just make a game. Just make a game. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think Nintendo are very much. Um, they're they're so interesting. Where I think that their philosophy is, let's not make a game that has to that is. A, you know, you need a prerequisite to play. Mm-hmm. I think they just like let's make this game. This could be somebody's first game of the series or first game period let's make it in not a vacuum but it's like let's make the, the it's like sort of like their you know the approach to achievements where it's like we don't want achievements in our fun we want in our game we want the fun to be there we want people to seek out a hundred percent not for a you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah pointless achievements but because they want to do that because the games are designed to be fun enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I've probably 100%ed more Nintendo games than most other games, just because it's like there's no arbitrary achievement after it. It's just because their games are fun to, like, 100%. Yep. And it's like that kind of philosophy, I think that's what follows through with, like, <laughs> you know, we don't we don't need anyone to play Fusion or 3 or 2 or, you know. No, but it is... <laughs> It's quite funny, but I think with something like Metroid, it's like the story doesn't matter. Like most mm. Nintendo games, don't have story, or if they do, it's something as stupid and convoluted as Zelda that it's just like doesn't make any well, sense like, and, anyway. And, and, and Zelda very self-contained <laughs> per game, exactly, really. Yeah. yeah, and I like that about them. Um, it is frustrating though because they are brilliant games, and it's like. If people want to pursue them, it shouldn't be like I have to go through this very archaic uh, way of finding them. Like 
the Wii U, which was archaic the day it came out. So it's just like, or I have to go through an emulator, and people hmm. may not want to do that morally, or they, they they don't know how to use an emulator or anything like that. So it's it, it's sad to see with, with a company such as you know with the legacy as Nintendo, where it's like that should just be available, not for any cynical reason, like people you know, we're making a new game, go play the previous things, but just because it's like, you've got such a great legacy, celebrate it, you know? Um, don't hide it away in yeah. stupid ways when it's like, uh, Metroid Fusion is probably like five megabytes and can put it on anything <laughs> at this point. Isn't that, it's, it's, the, it's sad. There's a, there's a, a, a meme of a screenshot from like the original Mario game. Yeah. Which says the original Mario game was four megabytes or something like that, and this this JPEG is four hundred megabytes or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. You know, absolutely it's ridiculous nuts. in that sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Nintendo curation. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird. I think it's just em- emblematic of the entire history, like, not history, um, industry where um, preservation is a real big problem mm. and. I mean, even for the stuff Microsoft are doing, I mean, they can only really do that with the things that they're given the license to do, mm-hmm. and you know their their first party output, and it's like, it's it takes a lot of people. I think someone like like Phil Spencer at the top, he obviously cares about preservation, but you probably have to be at the top or near it and enough voices to actually care Completely. about that. Where it's where it's actually something that's done. So, yeah, it's sad. But um, yeah. last thing on um, Metroid Dread mm-hmm. is um, just from what I saw of the the few 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 reviews that I I looked at, um, w- which are very much surrounding like accessibility and mm-hmm. it's I I did go into the menus um, uh, like. I don't. I can't remember at what point in the game, but it's just like I. I was thinking. Oh, I wonder if there's any like any options to remap the controls. I, I think it was, um, doing the speed boost. It was either the morph ball or the speed boost that I was looking for the extra controls on, because the speed boost you have to like tap in the. I think it's the left stick. In order to engage a speed boost, whereas in like any other Metroid game, once you get the speed boost upgrade, as soon as you start running, you know after you've built up enough speed, it'll just automatically go into the speed boost. Whereas in this, you have to like tap a thing in. I was like, I wonder if there's just the control just to do, <laughs> you know, automatic speed boost. Yeah. Or it was either that or the morph ball. I was like. What do you mean I have to press ZL to do a morph ball? I just want to double tap down like I always have. Unfortunately, you can just double nice. tap down and do it. But anyway, <laughs> I was like looking at the, the the options and there's nothing. Mm. I was like, con- I went into control options and it was like, here are the controls. We're showing you them. It's like, no, I I, I want to know if you can remap them or change them or have a different layout or something because literally every button on the controller is used like everything apart from like maybe 
you know, one or two um, on the directional pad. Mm-hmm. Everything else is used. And it's like, I mean, I wrote a tweet about it where, where I was saying, like, it's quite ironic and just sad and unforgivable that the company who advertise themselves as the fun for all the family don't and never, never have accessibility options mm. in any of their games. And it's it's disgusting, frankly. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's an old stance for them to kind of take, almost, that, that, that they have just omitted... Uh, this, which is becoming much more prevalent in in lots and lots of games, I remember last year um, when The Last of Us Two came out, mm. they were they they did a whole video on just yeah. the accessibility options, you know, saying we, we want this to so be many. as as accessible as, as possible to every body, uh, um, and I know that um, oh what's his name um, Steve. Sailor, oh, yes, the, yeah. Steve Sailor. Um, uh, um, I think that's his name. Gave the, a, it came out basically and, blind and did gamers. It, yes, yeah. yes, uh, and did a video about Deathloop, uh, about how much he mm. wanted to play the game, but how the accessibility options were lacking in Deathloop. Um, and, and but it, we never, or at least I never see anything about Nintendo games. Like, is it for some it, people? Is it just because, a, it, because they don't do anything? Are people like, well, I just, I'm just not going to have it. That's it. Nintendo, they're done for me. I just, I, I cannot play it's, their games. I, I mean, this is a very complex game in terms of its control. So, so some, some of its other games, you know, like something like Mario and stuff like that. Mario obviously has an assist mode and stuff like right. that. But you know. You should be able to remap the controls in any game, in my opinion. Mm. It doesn't matter what game it is. Because there's always a button to just reset to default if you put the jump button on all of the... Yeah. <laughs> you know, all Every of the face button buttons. Every button is jump. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always an option to reset to default. So it's like, just give players that option. Mm. Nintendo are so stringent in that and just unmovable. It's just sad. And... Even though Metro Dread is a game I love, this is it's good that people are speaking out about it. Um, because this will be like so many people's first foray into the Metroid series and you know, there's 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 a talk of difficulty, which is fine, but the fact that difficulty is a, a strange one because it's like, yes, make your game as difficult as you want, but if you're not giving people the option to do simple things as like remap the controls mm-hmm. because they physically can't play the game that you you know, ha- you know with the, that, that controller um, like kind of input system that you've made that's not a, that's not anything to do with difficulty that's accessibility and it's like Yes, these games should be accessible for everybody. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a shame, and it's like it, it's it's not anything that affected me, but I'm fully aware that I may not be able to play these types of games for my entire life. You know, yeah. It's like it, it, even if I'm coming from a selfish point of view, it's like I want games to get more accessible because by the time I'm decrepit in five years. <laughs> I want to be able to play these games, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's the lack of any 
mm. options. Mm. It's like you go into an it's something like an indie game. You're like, okay, they've probably just got this out the door. You know, small team, small budget, don't have the time, even though there have been studies that say, like, getting accessibility features in your game is not very expensive. Um, and it'll probably help you sell more. Mm-hmm. But um, it, you can understand it, but someone as big as Nintendo, something that's been, as I said, optimized to hell, pretty, runs at 60 FPS, is 4.1 gigabytes. They've done a lot of work in the tech of it. Why can't they just add more features? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's a shame. It, it did. It, I'm lucky because it didn't mar my experience of it. It's like I'm good at these games anyway. It, it wasn't really challenging for me. There were some things where, okay, yes, yeah, so I died a couple times, but it's like the bosses are really big tell, and it's like very obvious to to me. And it's like this this is not my fir- it's not my first r- rodeo. Yes. It's not my first Metroid. But for someone who who it is. And it's like, you know, it's obviously an adult series. It always has been. Mm-hmm. It's always appealed to mm-hmm. adults more than children. But you know, if I, you know, if someone wants to play Metro for the first time, it's sh- if it kicks their ass, fair enough. But if it kicks their ass because they can't physically can't pay the game because the controls are so complex and you can't yeah. change that, then that's a problem. Completely, so, completely. Yeah, agreed. Um. Mm-hmm. A good point for uh, us to finish on there. Mostly positive chat uh, about much of Red. I love um, it. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely glad. I'm so happy for you that, it, that, you, that it's <laughs> come out you. and it has been an absolute hit for you. Yeah. So, because um, it would have broken my soul. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, I could have seen this week being very different if it had have been yes. uh, a poor game, just like. I don't want, don't want to chat. Just let, just let me drink. I just, I just smash these beers. But I don't care. Um, let's move on. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up uh, uh, a second beer. Yeah. Um, I am having a beer that is slightly lower in percentage than the eight uh, percent Enigmatic Galaxies. I'm gonna drink seven point four percent, so not that much lower, but an okay. Arbor yeah. Breakfast Stout. Um, it's a coffee oh. and chocolate oatmeal stout, uh, silky smooth oatmeal stout. With evocative notes of coffee and luxurious bittersweet chocolate, uh, da, 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 contains stuff. Just the allergens on there. Um, this was brewed about a week ago. Um, the guy in the shop was he. As I was picking things, he came over with the box and was like, "Hey, dude, we I just got these in. I know you. I know you drink Arbor." Do you want me like yes, thank you. Perfect. Excellent. Um so yeah, brewed about a week ago. Um very nice. It's a rebrew. It's nothing like fresh, is it? Like, yeah, completely. Like completely. It. Yeah. As we as the previous beers we've just drank. Oh no. <laughs> Breakfast out everywhere. Um the crayon ca- oh, can cracks dear. and it just it just pops out yeah. the top. But uh, yeah, it's a rebrew. It's something that um, they've done previously. My phone is now going absolutely nuts because I got stout on it. Um, <laughs> I cannot. I, I'm. I'm sure I've had it. I'm sure I must have had the uh, yeah, the beer previously. It, it rings a bell. Um, or am I thinking of the the one in the cream can? Uh, the creme. 
something. Yeah, I might I might be thinking of that one. Mm, in the yeah, in the cream can, yeah, yeah. So this yeah. one's you know classic. I was just in a in a black can, but with a creamy font and leaf. Yeah. Um, tying it in quite nicely, um, but I mean just. Oh, it still poured well. It poured you very, really very well. Yes. It, yeah. There was only a tiny drop that, that flew out. Um, that's fair. Oh, that's a big nose. Lots of coffee on that. Absolutely loads of coffee mm. on there. Nice. Mm. I had one of those siren... Uh, they've, they've done their barista um, range again um, recently. Yeah. I think I had one of those. That, that was... That was nice. I think it was the Mucha Mocha. Mm. Very, very, very coffee. Nice. Oh, and this this is very coffee as well. Mm. Um, what does it say? Coffee and chocolate oatmeal stout. Okay. Um, it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. Um, it's, All right, moving on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's quite light in um, in body. It, it, mm-hmm. It's not viscous, it's not thick, it's very, very light. It's got a, a, a you know, the oat, with it being an oatmeal style, it has, it's got a slight bit of body to it. Um, but it rolls you through all of these lovely flavours. The cold kind of coffee is there. The, the chocolate, not just sort of cocoa, but it's almost a milk chocolate there's a slight sweet hint to it as mm-hmm. well and it, it it sort of blends both of those it's this lovely roasted sort of coffee this nice sweeter chocolate but both of them are so close to each other in sort of flavor that it's not it, it isn't one flavor it's kind of this Lovely, lovely spread, mm-hmm. but that that sticks quite close, so you feel like you're getting lots of flavours, but it gives a very well presented um, hit. It, it's kind of like here is the flavour, bam, bam, bam. You get everything in that straight away. It doesn't, the, the, you know, the flavours don't flow into each other. It, it's just here's the coffee, here's the chocolate. You're gonna every time you sip. You might get one over the other just a little bit more. Um, Can you have it for breakfast? Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Have it instead of your orange juice. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, like, I guess, what did you say, 7.4%? Yes. That does seem like the range for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get you going Fair for the day. Mm-hmm. Yep, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it is as it says on the can. It's, it it is silky smooth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of coffee, that roasted note, and that that chocolate does, after a couple of sips, start to edge a little bit more towards bitter. I think I didn't yeah. didn't quite pick up on it because of the previous beer, because of that being a bigger bitter beer. I hadn't quite picked up on just that little hint of bitterness kind of towards the end of this. So it has that sweetness, mm-hmm. has those roasted notes, and it does hit in with a with a bitter note as well, which doesn't like stick around. The lasting note is that slightly sweeter 
chocolate, but also this not not horrible cold coffee. But it, it's, mm. it does leave you with that a little bit of roasted coffee as well on there. Yeah. Like it, the, those are the things that stick around. It just is like, here are the flavours. that They're doing their thing. Here's a little bit of bitterness. And that's just going to round out this big taste. And then we're going to nicely leave you with these lasting flavours. Um, and so whilst it's slightly dry... I don't feel like I have to reach back for it because there's this lovely lingering taste afterwards. But I'm going to reach. Is there for any it. lactose in it or um, you know, a bit of sweetness in the chocolate, or is it just? Uh, no, in the allergens, okay. it's only malted barley wheats, malted barley wheat, and oats. Okay, just oats. So yeah. Yeah, um, I did have a milk stout from Left Hand Giant mm. yesterday, um, something like six and a half percent, and that was lovely. That's one of the best milk stouts I've had for oh, really? uh, a, a while. Oh, nice. I cannot remember what it's called. Something light. Um, yeah, because six percent is probably a bit more than I expect for milk stout. But yeah, nice. Yeah, it was lovely. Absolutely nice. lovely. Um, and, and you wouldn't go wrong with. Know, just wandering to whatever shop in Bristol or, or hopefully whatever city you're in that can get left-handed giant Arbor and picking up that light left-handed giant milk stout uh, and this breakfast stout from Arbor. Uh, um, two very different beers, but I, I feel like beers that would also, if you, if you just want a couple of beers in an evening, having that left-handed giant first and then having this Arbor just after would sit perfectly together for an oh. evening. Uh, that would they would go hand in hand really, nice. really nicely. We don't usually do beer pairings on the No, we don't. <laughs> um. Speaking of left handed giants <gasps> I have oh. a very big ghostly stand. You've got the big one. Um I do the biggie, but I'll I'll just talk about this um, big brewery beer first because yeah. it's at the perfect temperature and yeah, I think if you pick this up, um, you will not be disappointed. It's as I say, it's got that sweetness from the malt and a little bit of the alcohol. It's 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 very fruity, very tropical. Mm. It's got that chewy dankness to it, and yeah, it's 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 very good. It's got a nice bit of body to it as well. It's just really good. Good, good. It just smells divine as well. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's a top beer. Yeah, and you can tell it's like a bit of a stronger beer, mm-hmm. um, and you just think it's gonna creep into that like very sweet, very alcoholic taste at the end, but it just tapers off so quickly, and it's like you want to go for another sip, but it's like those flavours is probably what just lets you just let let it linger and sit for a while, so you're happy just to, like, you know, nurse it slowly, but this is one that can go either way. It's like, I love the taste of this. I can just knock it back in seconds, but... You can also just just like let it sit and like it has been sitting like that aroma hasn't gone like the 
the slight hoppiness is still there, like everything's still firing on good. the cylinders, so you can just easily just this is a good end of the night beer. It's like I just want one more. Mm. Yeah. You know? Just want one more to last me. And this yeah, it's 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 really good. Good. Where are Beakberry from again? Oh. Let me have a look. I don't know. Uh Lewis Lewis Lewis. L E W Yeah Lose. Lose. Uh B N eight six J L B N says Bournemouth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know actually. Where is B N? B N eight. Let me have a look. We look at B. Oh, Town in England. Where in England? East Sussex. My phone's died again. Now my phone's <laughs> gone. So it's all right. East Sussex. That's where they are. So so not far. Well, Brighton. Not far. B N. Bright. Bournemouth. Brighton. Then I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Brighton. Yeah. Mm. Not far from Bournemouth. I was I mean, in the area. I was same country, so <laughs> good enough. Same coast. I'm GeoGuessr. Same coast. I it's would. On <laughs> GeoGuessr, might get you know, a couple of points. <laughs> but there you go. Twenty, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, good. But yeah, I might have to go there. <laughs> just, just go to Brighton anyway. Um, um, shall I chat a little bit? I know you're going to open up that that left-handed giant, perhaps at uh, uh, at some point. Yeah, um, I might, I might, I might, I might just quickly read what it is. Mm. In fact, there's no flavour to it, so very quick. Standard it's called giant. We Are Ghosts on the Moon. Um, it's an imperial stout with honeycomb, maple, and pecan. Um, it's twelve percent. Additions are. I don't call it additives. Is it called it additions? Mm. Is that the nicer way of saying it? Um, lactose, honeycomb, maple syrup, and pecan nuts, uh, or pecan nuts. Mm. It's got lactose. Yes, 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 yes. Four four forty mil can. Less than a giant. So yeah, I'm gonna crack that open. Been looking forward to this one because. Big beefy stout and needing those in you know this kind of way. Absolutely, Whoa. absolutely. Oh, it fizzed. It. it fizzed. Oh, oh, but that's all right. Yep, another fizzer. Once you've once you've poured, we can chat a little bit about <laughs> the left-handed giant uh, um, because I, you know, I, I, my my topic this week's got a little bit light. Um, okay. Mostly because I didn't get much of a chance to play the Battlefield 2042 oh, yeah. beta uh, because they put it on a stupid time. Um, it's oh, it, time, it, timed uh, beta. Was it, it? Yeah, it's a timed beta. It's done. It started at 8 a.m. on Friday mm-hmm. and ended at 8 a.m. on Sunday. Well, you know, Ben, you're a busy man going to Legoland and everything. Exactly. Most most, pe- exactly. <laughs> most people have their weekends to play games. <laughs> Mate, I was knackered when we got back from Legoland. Drive, you know, it's only, it's only a two-hour drive. But yet, yeah, doing that... Is that Windsor? Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah. So doing doing that, wandering around for the entire day, driving back, um, and getting home, like, I'll crack a beer. I'm ready for bed. I'm done. I'm, I'm, going, I'm, I'm finished. Um, so I didn't get I didn't get a chance to do it then. I didn't get a chance to play it Friday night. I did get maybe an hour with it during the work day um, on okay. Friday. It took a little bit of time to uh, just to experience it. Um, and my main takeaway was after playing it on the PS4 mm. was this is interesting. I should probably buy this for PC uh, because right, the PS4 yeah. version, and it's a beta, so there's always going to be problems. But the PS4 version ran like shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, it seems like one of those where they're trapped in the generation. I think yes. this would have happened regardless whether you know new consoles were mm-hmm. hard to find or or whatnot, but. It very much seems like... Because wasn't there a thing where it's like, oh, PS5 players can't play PS4 players, but they rolled that back, and... Uh, I, I, think this is- I don't know. There was some, there was some cross-play options um, within that, and I don't know um, whether I was playing against uh, just PS4 players or, or every, everyone that could play. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but I, I thought I'd... I enjoy Battlefield. It's a good shooter. I haven't. I didn't play five. Um, you know, uh, older listeners of the podcast uh, will know that Adel and I have talked about Battlefield One at length because we played an absolute ton of that game about five yes. years ago now. Um, but the reason I wanted to jump into this beta, rather than say like the Call of Duty Vanguard beta that's kind of uh, happened and, and those questions. Is, Battlefield has always felt just a little bit better for me. And mm-hmm. I won't say that this beta doesn't evoke that, right? There definitely is feelings there that some of the guns are weighty, that the abilities and things that the different operators, because they've, of course, they've gone in a slightly more hero-y kind of way, you know, you can pick, rather than picking shooter, assault, yeah. medic, and uh, support, it's not, you know, uh, those kinds of things. You you sort of pick your hero who has various abilities, but then you can pick different loadouts as well. So whilst you might pick right. the uh, the support guy who has a um, ammo pack, or or someone who has a turret, or someone who has the defibrillator, or, or someone who, you know, these various different um, kind of class abilities, you can then pick whatever gun you kind of want to run through with. It's not like support only gets to use LMGs or assault rifles. You you can you can mix and match this a little bit, and that felt good. It's nice because yeah. I, I I I liked that variety. I liked the ability to mix up what yeah, I was trying yeah. to do. Absolutely, that's why I never got on with Battlefield, mm. amongst other reasons. But it's like you felt that you were very like jarred into that kind of different class. Yeah, um, I think Call of Duty's gone that way recently. Um, I think I think that I like the. 12 system or whatever they had um, in Call of Duty where it's just like 
or, or going before then, like Black Ops or whatever, where it's just like, pick whatever the hell yeah. you want. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, because I'm a freaking super soldier, I should be able to do whatever Absolutely. I want. If I want an LMG, let me have it, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I appreciate that change of direction that they have uh, taken. I say change of direction. I didn't play 5. I don't know what 5 um, mm. brought up or, or, or changed to the formula. So... Was that, was that the World War... 2. 2? Yes. One? So, so what... what? I know there's no campaign in this one. What are the... Are the guns just anything? Or... So it's... Or, or is it literally back to World War 2? No, so in this one, it's set in 2042. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, it's twenty forty two, yes, not nineteen forty two. Yes, twenty forty two. A riff okay. on Battlefield nineteen forty two, but um, this one is kind of modern, but slightly in the future. So there are a couple of things which set it. You know what? Twenty odd years, twenty one years, no, mm-hmm. twenty forty two. Yeah, twenty one years in the future. Uh, um, oh, that you can you can pull in. <laughs> um, Little um, like robot dogs, you know these Boston Dynamics mm. four-legged <laughs> dogs that do Which, the little dance yeah, at the we'll Super Bowl and things be like that. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can call one of these in to the battlefield, and they've just got a machine nice. gun on their back, and they will constantly shoot at you when someone has brought one in, right. and really hard to <laughs> blow up. Um, you've got movable and deployable turrets, you know. So it's 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 kind of taken that step into the future slightly but much more in a in a modern kind of way so uh, it's 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 kind of batting on the familiar but almost saying yep this it's it's like metal gear solid 4 it's like this is we're slightly in the future we have a little bit of extra kind of tech it's it's sort of you know you know what military stuff is now I don't know what fucking military stuff is now but they're almost kind of sitting in that sort of space like you know these things you know the guns you've played enough video games set in the modern era to know what stuff kind of is that we're just just pushing it that little bit to give you a few extra kind of options and all of that is great all of that is fine Uh, it makes it very easy to pass Uh, it's, it's quick to pick up uh, everything feels good. The guns feel different and weighty, and all of these kinds of things. But on the PS4, it's absolute dog shit. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a shame. But uh, yeah, it's it feels like one of those where it's like, you know, the developer says, "Look, we just want next gen. Mm. We want to push." It feels like an, almost a reset for Battlefield, Completely. You know, minus the campaign. You know, it feels like, you know, just even evoking 1942 and, you know, it feels like a refresh in there, but the publishers probably said, look, ain't enough of those out Absolutely. there, ain't enough PS5 out make it for current. Yeah, completely... It's going to be a compromised thing on that, regardless, so... Yeah. What, what, it's, it's, it's something it, what, like, what is there, 80 million PS4s out and maybe then 10 million PS5s? More than that. So they've gone. Well, you yeah. have to, you have to make it for those other people, and you know the same the same for Xbox. Eighty million Xbox Ones, roughly, and you know a similar number of 
next-gen Xbox kind of consoles, which again, they're then splitting slightly between, but that's fine for yeah. a kind of optimization with a, within a generation um, dealing with things because you're then dealing with minimum specs on a PC versus recommended mm-hmm. or optimum specs on a PC. It's that same kind of thing with this current Xbox generation. But to then jump back and be like, right, don't run as fast, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. There, there were times when I was running around, I'd loaded in and I didn't have a gun. The asset for the gun hadn't loaded in my hand for about 60 seconds. Oh so I was, I was literally, you'd see the hand and then I'd point and both hands would come up and you'd have that. But there was no gun. Still shooting. I could still shoot. I could do everything. But there was just no gun. Very, very off-putting. Um, yeah. Some of the and, and again things like texture loading and that sort of stuff in a beta you sort of expect, but this felt really, really raw. Uh, it was. It mm. took time for all of those textures to load in. Uh, um, st- some stuff didn't seem to even load in at all. During my kind of play, oh, wow. um, and I think that's the a shame. Uh, and part of the limitation as well is that there was only one map, one mode, so you just played the same thing over and over again, and, it, and really, it's only the the operators, the guns, that kind of thing that you're switching between. But the map that I played uh, felt good. It, it, it's crap, you know. Talking about map design. Uh, um, it felt crafted in a way that they have played this to death. And they've gone, right, here are our choke points. Here's where people Mm -hmm. are going to fight over. You know, there's, there's, they've, 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 they've got this game mode now, which is kind of like a conquest mode where you've got six points split into three sectors. So two points per sector. If you hold both points, you're racking Mm -hmm. up. Uh, you, you you basically hold those, points. and that is a benefit to points. you. So this is what we call in Call of Duty. Yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you then hold two thirds of them, and you're doing better. You hold almost all three of them. If you've got five points or something like that, obviously you're kind of like dominating and stuff. But they've gone right. What we're going to do is we're going to make these two points in sector one, um, at least on this map. One of them is at the bottom of this building and one of them is at the top of the building. So there's a bit of verticality there. In the in the middle sector, one of them is here and one of them is here. It's a levolution. Yes. Well, they, they, yeah, I'll, I'll come on to that in a second. Um, one, of the, one of the points is in the north and one of them is in the south. And yeah. you have this very open, overground route to go to. So if there's anyone sniping, you can easily be picked off. Or there's this underground tunnel you can go through. But you're absolutely going to come into a massive brawl in this tunnel. And this is where a lot of my fighting kind of happened. I loved being in that tunnel and <laughs> popping around the corner and shooting at uh, people. Um, all this this third sector, which is just two points, kind of disparately away from each other. Uh, um, but one which was slightly up here, one which was down here. So you took this one and then you assaulted the one that was above. That was a really good point to defend and that kind of thing. Um, and, and they do lean around that levolution kind of thing because uh, the map had two rockets on. Um, I don't know if both rockets could fire. I don't think they could. Maybe only one of them could because 
you can have like uh, on this side, on uh, in sector C, one of the points which is right by one of the rockets. You can. I don't know how it happened. I didn't play enough of the game to understand that. But mm-hmm. this rocket can fire, but it doesn't fire off into space. It misfires and basically explodes, which then throws a load of debris across the landscape. But oh. that then creates different points. You can then. Rather than having to go into here and walk up the steps or climb the ladder, you can be over here and climb up the debris to get to the point. So it does change that space. In, a, in addition to that, and I thought that was good. You know, it's yeah. it's great. It's a different yeah. way to be able to kind of approach the level. They're mixing it up a little bit. It'd be interesting to see if you go through that map and that isn't triggered, how that's triggered, whether it's triggered early, late. Yeah. You know, It will change yeah. it as you're playing. But also as we're playing... This mm-hmm. hurricane rolls in. I've seen this. Yeah? I've, I, 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 I've heard about it. Well, I haven't seen it in action. I've heard about it. About the so, hurricane. the hurricane, right? Mm. I didn't know this was a thing. And suddenly I'd, I'd died. I'd, got, I'd been shot and I had to respawn. I'm like, right, where shall I respawn? What the fuck's that? In the hurricane. I have a hurricane. Well, there's, there's suddenly this big red... <laughs> circle just floating <laughs> through the map very very slowly and i'm like oh wow that's yeah. that's a big big old weather system coming in um and <laughs> i i spawned in across the map somewhere else not really that near it but i already noticed a change you know things were a bit grayer they clouded over a little bit more and actually being in that, once I'd got across the map and I was fighting other people, and that I, I, I don't know how it moved across the map, um, but it felt very, very different. Um, it was it was a hurricane. It was like standing in a hurricane. You can see almost nothing. Like your visibility is limited. You know, they, they, the, that fog of war just comes in, and you're hammered by this rain effect constantly over you. So it limits your visibility. It makes things a little bit more difficult to see. And that was brilliant. I thought this is this yeah. is fantastic. This is an excellent addition to this, you know, to change things up, to make things more difficult. But also because it's a hurricane and there was lots of thunder and things going on, it also made my minimap glitch. So oh, right. okay, that's that's cool. Yeah. So it that's also really had cool. an impact, not just visually, but also then on how I could preempt where people potentially were, and I, you know, I use the minimap a lot in Battlefield. I'm like, right, I'll set up my turret here. Cool. I know that it's picked someone up. Oh, great! They've shot at it. I can see them over here. Brilliant. I can just flank and do this and do this and do that. And, and you know, using the minimap on on the new Battlefield um, felt good as it as it has previously kind of done. So to suddenly have that taken away from you was an interesting twist to sort of the standard kind of play. And I think I played maybe four games, maybe five, maybe five. Um, But I know I won three or was on the, the winning side for three of them. And I lost one. And the one that I lost in was the one with the hurricane. 
and I don't know, you know, I, 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 I like Battlefield. I'm pretty good at it. And I was getting, because it changes again how it scores things. So it comes up at the end and says kills and assists. So I was getting, you know, like mid twenties, every kind of game Damn. for those kind of for those things. But when I play Battlefield, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> zero kills, one assist. <laughs> 89 decks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, and that's, that's me playing Call of Duty these days. Uh, but Battlefield just... Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty good at Call Yeah, exactly. Games, See how so, it's yes. different. It's different. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I felt that during... The, you know, we, I lost during that hurricane. And it was... Again, I didn't have anywhere near as many kills because I was reliant a little bit more on the minimap, on locating mm-hmm. people, on, on, on spotting people from a distance and kind of pot-shotting them um, uh, away and things like that. And and suddenly all of that was limited and I did much worse. And that isn't... Did did the hurricane change the terrain? Like like you said, the the debris the last time? Because that... Or would that be like stacking to... I don't know. Uh, um, Lots of the... um, So on one of these points, it's inside or it's, it's just by a like a hangar and mm-hmm. all of the walls can be blown out it's got um like retractable garage doors on it and they can be up or down and things and, and so like a tank can turn up and just blow the walls out uh, and okay. things um so i don't know whether the hurricane did any kind of level it's damage a- to change the <laughs> yeah. that kind of aspect you know does it roll through just completely destroy a building and that changes the dynamic of it. I'm not sure. It's it's so crazy how they they were talking about Levolution probably back in what twenty was it for Battlefield Battlefield Four, 4? Battlefield Four, 20, yeah, Battlefield twenty probably even twenty twelve at that point or twenty thirteen whenever they. It's uh, yes, it's got to be. It's got to be about eight, eight years game. ago. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just crazy how it's like they were promising that technology for. <laughs> generation it's like no and even now it, we may not still be there mm-hmm. but yeah the, the, the that sounds cool like j- just the fact that it's like it, it feels unpredictable can the hurricane mm-hmm. happen in any level or is it just specific that to again that one? i, I don't yeah with that with only playing one level i don't know and is it across all game modes or is it only mm-hmm. during the bigger uh, uh, kind of game modes. Um, again, yeah. with it being such a limited beta, I don't know what's on offer in terms of a, a full package. The, so- the sort of hurricane thing is the thing that I've seen people talk about the most. So it's like, if that is only a you know variable in one kind of map, or it's very scripted and very set piece, that seems like a bit of a bummer yeah <laughs> it seems like it, but, that, but that goes back to what you were saying with like ps4 version didn't run that well it seems like something that could be achieved with ps5 level technology mm. where it's like this is not scripted this is very this is very much a can happen anytime yep. on any level it may not happen at all it seems like that's something that the, the ps5 could take advantage of but like you know, compromised visions w- with the PS4 version, which is the version that more people will play. Yes. Let's be honest, and 
it's it's rough, isn't it? It is completely. I suppose it very much depends on without having a campaign which um, multiplayer often pulls maps from. So normally it's like, here's uh-huh. the campaign, here are the maps that are from the campaign, so you're a little bit familiar with it. These are the set locations that we've been to. Without having that, they've had to go, right, we're going to location one, location two, location three, four, five, six, seven, eight, however many maps there's going to be. Not all of those will be a, you know, within the tropics, uh-huh. you would imagine, to have a hurricane as a you know yeah. a, a, a weather effect, flooding, yeah, <laughs> flooding, a bad Drop storm. Um, you know, Australia, they, they, yeah. they could do stuff in <laughs> Russia, and it just be like snowstorms and things. They they can they can replicate the effect that it gave with kind of other weather systems. So it would be kind of interesting to see if it is a. You know, it's just hurricanes everywhere. This might just appear, or whether suddenly in, in, it, it got, you know, in Sussex. Yeah. In East Sussex. You're in East Sussex. You're sat in the tap room, you're drinking your beer, and suddenly there's this Russian invasion which you've got to fight off, right? But there's also a hurricane at the same time. I don't know, it's quite very <laughs> volcano. So, yeah, it, it will be, again, it'll be interesting to see all these different things, but. The game comes out in like a month, I, so yeah, I don't know what I, previews we're getting before that. I'd imagine there will be one final preview. Um, so, so playing this does it does it evoke that kind of fun that you had? Like, I mean, how, how long does your relationship with the series go? Uh, I mean, so back to back to Battlefield Three. Um. Oh, so, okay. so because... I played a lot of Battlefield Three. Um, I mm-hmm. played before that. I played COD Black Ops. Um, what was the one after Black Ops? Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare 3. Three. Yeah. So I played Modern Warfare yeah. Three, and I think that's where that's I then jumped to Battlefield. And okay. I played Battlefield Three. I played Battlefield Four. I played Battlefield One, ridiculously titled, um, but. <laughs> After Battlefield 1, which is when uh, Evelyn was born, and I played a lot with Adol and other friends, and we had a good group of people playing, suddenly Battlefield skipped a year. I'm like, okay, we'll play a bit of the Star Wars Battlefront, which came out in its mm-hmm. stead. Um, mm, are we feeling it? Are we really playing Battlefield 5? Nah, we won't. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of skip this. I think this kind of gets me back into it a little bit. I played a bit of okay. Warzone, you okay. know, Call of Duty Warzone, yeah. with friends last year yeah. uh, um, and things, and, and and I enjoyed that. And I, I'm not a fan of Battle Royale. It's not really the kind of game I want to play. So yeah. then getting back to Battlefield feels like they're not just going. Here's a here's a Battle Royale, although they did do that with. Five, um, mm-hmm. you know, whereas Call of Duty very much as feels like here is a new game set in a new thing, but we're still going to let you play Warzone and everything will lead into that. Warzone is our big thing; it's free to play. Great, but yeah. I think this pulls me back into Battlefield just a bit more. Okay, that 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 that's that's good because um, 
because uh, as I said, they're probably harking back on like Battlefield 1942 just by you know virtue yes. of the title. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's good that you coming on to the series as not a late comer by any means, but just like sort of like midway. Mm. Um, but it's still evoking those feelings like from Battlefield 3, which is a game that I enjoyed for. Yeah. A little bit, <laughs> so, and I'm not a battlefield person, so, but that was, you know, the multiplayer and that was fun. Um, sound design was amazing, mm. but um, yeah, yeah, that's that's good if they can pull people from like all generations of wherever you got into battlefield and still make that fun because with I can't remember what the name of the Call of Duty was a year ago, two years ago. Modern Warfare, I think they've the remade it. one, yeah. yeah. No, not the remastered Something one, like just that. the renamed the, one. The, the, yes. I, yeah, the renamed one. And I played the multiplayer from that um, until I gave my disc back to my friend because I was sick of the updates. <laughs> that was the worst part of that thing. I probably would have continued playing if it wasn't for the updates because it's just like, this is annoying. It needs a 60 gigabyte update every day and it was torture. But it, it, it brought me back, and it's like, I feel that's what Battlefield is trying to do, and it's like, the buzz on it is like, yes, it is doing that, and, and like, from what you said, it's like, it's bringing you back to those older days, but my fear is, is that most people will play the more compromised version, mm, it's like, absolutely. it won't get its dues yep. until, critically, people will be like, yes, this is the best Yeah, because they're playing it on high-end PC. Years. Excuse me, yeah, high-end PCs and yeah. next-generation consoles, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there might be a disconnect for people actually playing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> on it, it, older it consoles. Has, it's yeah. an interesting um, point in terms of harking back to stuff because um, previously I watched a lot of um, videos in early Battlefield and also when I was playing Battlefield 3 and 4, um, I was playing the Daisy mod to Armour 2 as well. So I was watching a lot of videos from a couple of YouTubers, uh, um, one called Jack Frags, who I haven't watched for years because I haven't been playing Battlefield games. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, I'll see what he thinks about this and I've gone back to it I've watched a few of his videos since you know it's it, it pulled me back in not just to the game but back into That's the nice, community yeah. a little bit more as well uh, and, and again people like Jack Septicai and, and, and stuff like that which I haven't looked at now but who I'd previously followed like back in those kinds of days I'm sad. I think, oh, what does that person think about this? What what's going, you know? What do they think about this? Like suddenly, it's like, right, I'm back in this now, and that's always nice, yeah, yeah. completely, because you wouldn't have done that for absolutely. Five, and like, I and I think that's yeah. that's the benefit of a beta, right? Yes, it might be shit, it might be buggy, it might might run <laughs> awfully, but get people get just get it back in people's minds, get the community buzzing for it, get some really good high end previews with these people who have followed it and and have that following based on Battlefield. Um, you know, even if it's years old, but they're still doing their thing and, and we can get them in to, to help yeah. us with this. Like that that definitely feels like the beta has has pushed me, even with only a couple of hours of gameplay, pushed me 
towards the community enough that I'm now, even though I'm thinking I'll be probably playing this on PC rather than PlayStation, yeah. I'm still probably buying the game. And that's all they give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but it's good that you've had a chance to try it on PlayStation mm. and you know that there's a caveat with that. Absolutely. Version, so. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just seek out those, those kinds of reviews from people who are not just purely focusing on the next gen mm. version, I guess. Um, yeah, but Battlefield's got a good PC community, doesn't it? Yes. So, yeah, it could, yeah, absolutely. Probably, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you'll be hearing, listener, viewer, about Battlefield, I'm sure. Uh, Battlefield 2042, within the next month or, or so, we'll see. Uh, I think it's not, I think yeah. it's a November release, yeah. an early November release. Yeah, because they pushed it back by a month, didn't mm, they? They did, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's some interesting things uh, about that game, for sure. I, I, I hope. Battlefield, it's like not a game or series that I've really ever connected mm. with, but it's like always been in the shadow of like Call of Duty, yeah. but it's always done some cool things and it's like, let's hope this is just good for Battlefield fans to be honest. EA, whoever who's making this one? Is it DICE? Yeah, it's DICE. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, they could do it for a win. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's hope it's yeah. good. Good. Um, Let's talk and finish our episode then very swiftly out mm. on our beers this week. Yeah. Um, Lucy, how, how far into the left-handed giant are you? Are you in a position to be able to comment on all three beers and if you have a preference? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I probably won't comment on the uh, equilibriums because mm-hmm. not sure about that sure. one. Um, even if it is a case where it's like, was meant to be more sour. Oh, didn't really like that. Um, but as I say, I'm not sure, so won't comment on it. If I get it again and it's also sour and it's brand new, and I'll probably just say probably one of the nicest sours <laughs> I've had. But it's just like uh, probably not what I'm looking for for an yeah. IPA. But um, uh, this, this left-handed giant is it, it's twelve percent, but it's it, it doesn't feel like that because. You start drinking it, and it feels like it's going to be... I mean, it is quite oily in texture, mm. but there's something in it where it's just... It just immediately pairs back, like, any any sweetness, any heaviness, any... It, it, that you're going to get from that, and it's it just goes down really easily. I'm not saying that because I've had two beers before <laughs> that, but it's just something about yeah. it. Like, um... What did I have? I had that uh, the, the Mucha Mocha that I was talking about before. Very coffee um, base, but it, it had a kind of oiliness that it's like that beer lasted for a long time. I was sipping on it for a long time because it felt heavy. Whereas this, it has that kind of like oily texture, mm. but it, it feels like it's got like a bit of hoppiness, a bit of pininess almost in that taste where it's like it, it, it sort of nullifies that and it's it's just easier to drink as a result. It feels like you're going into it, it's going to be oily, it's going to be very heavy, very dense, very thick, but it's like, no, it, 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 it's very well balanced with, like, don't really talk about hops much with a stout, but it feels like it's got that hoppiness and then just cuts through that oiliness, yes. which is nice. Um, 
in terms of the honeycomb and pecan, I not really. I have a little bit of nuttiness, but I might be conflating that with like the coffee mm. as well. So that kind of bitterness, but um, I'm not really. I mean, honeycomb is probably just blending in with that sweetness because if honeycomb, I just relate that to like very sweet kind of uh, kind of thing it, it, stickiness maybe in that oiliness mm-hmm. but as I say like a little bit of hops and a little bit of pine just just cuts through uh, honeycomb's a yeah, really a difficult flavour to pull it's, yeah especially in something like East yep. Out where there's a lot of sweetness yep. from the alcohol from I mean yeah it says maple as well mm. so very hard to distinguish but as I say, you know, if like me, you're not a massive fan of very sweet beers, even in your, you know, stouts, don't let this, you know, deter mm-hmm. you by the fact that it's got maple and honeycomb in, because not really tasting those, like, a, a, above all and else everything, you know, not really. Mm. But it's still a good beer. As I said, mm. yeah, because yeah. it could have been overly sweet, mm. and it's not. Because of that, you know, what I described, like, there's something just pulling it back. But um, maybe if I gave it a bit more thought, it's a bit warm mm-hmm. at this okay. point, but um, it, it still tastes good. good. It's, it's very good. It's very, very, very good. It's something that could have been way too sweet. Um, I like honeycomb, maple, whatever. <laughs> I'm glad the deal's not yeah. here. <laughs> Mr. Canada, <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, take it or leave it. But honeycomb and you know, you know, any nuts in like uh, a stout, you know, very much happy about. But yeah, it's it's very good still. But I, I think I think my favourite is definitely the beef. Nice. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, this is my favourite. So I was thinking, I, I think I think me just. You know, um, yearning for a stout for the last couple of weeks could have given it to the left-handed mm. giant, but it's it's probably not a stout that I will remember because you know, out of all the beers that I drink throughout the year, it's usually the stouts that is just stick out mm-hmm. to me because those are the ones with the most you know bold flavors, the ones that are doing the most, with the, especially with the alcohol content but um yeah the beak brewery they're just doing special things at the yeah. moment like it's 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 a very well balanced very very it's it's sweet it's like it's like how the left-handed giant could have gone it could be overly sweet mm-hmm. but it's not it has that kind of like pininess a little bit of bitterness just balancing it out it's very chewy it's very you just want to drink more of it but it's a case where you get so many flavors from that you know the fruit, um, the chewiness, the dankness. It's like, I don't need to take another sip. It, it, as I said, it's one of those where it's like, you could be happy just smashing yep. it back, or you can also just let it linger. Mm. And I think probably just letting it linger and enjoying those flavours, enjoying that balance is probably the best way to go. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to pick between the two because it's just both beautiful yeah. beers, but... 
think it's the best That's fair. Theory. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. And it, and it's going to spur me on to get the stir. Yes, the stir, mm. the S T U R. But yeah, the left handed giant is like if you want a beer that <laughs> that's twelve percent that doesn't taste like a twelve percent beer that you could literally knock this back because it is paired back so much with that sort the sweetness and the mm-hmm. alcohol content is paired back so much in such a good way. Get get nice. this. It's very good. But if you are looking for like honeycomb and maple, don't know if you can distinguish sure. those flavors. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Arbor this week uh, because it feels mm. again it feels like a bigger beer. All right, seven seven point four percent, but it feels like it could be edging towards a ten or eleven, um, just because it is such a bold, big beer. Uh, those flavors are really pronounced and they they work very well and they they don't flow. There isn't that flow between these flavors, but it's like here they are, bam! This is what you're getting. And they work very, very well with each other, uh, especially with that mm-hmm. nice light kind of bitter finish to it as well. The Burnt Mill and Track, I think, had this been six months ago, <laughs> may have may have picked it. Uh, and I would love to have drank this, yeah. um, you know, even even three months ago, you know, when it was only a, only a few months out from from canning. Uh, it was it was nice. It, I, I think what it lacked was that bigger tropical kind of note to then lead into for that beer to have a flow to it to, to lead into that yeah. big piney ashy bitter flavor to have something a little bit more sweet up front that was absolutely dialed back or dulled at least by age perhaps um to then just present oh there's something oh here is the the, the bitter kind of finish uh, um so it almost appears one note you delve deeper into it and you're like, it's not quite one note. There's something else here. Would age have worked better for it? Um, should I have had this sort of, you know, six, three months ago kind of thing? So, you know, the Arbor as a week old beer, mm-hmm. yeah, but also a breakfast stout, which will probably yeah. taste the same in six months' time anyway. Yep. Wins for me, I think this week. Wins is a very awkward term in this kind of thing. I would, I would pick, uh, you know, I would pick both again if I knew that the Enigmatic Galaxies was only a month or so old, or a couple of weeks old, or a week yeah. old, or something like that. Uh, um, so it's just just a lesson to look at dates on cans, and Absolutely. you know when people say, you know, like Cloud War always say best when fresh or hops fade fast or whatever they it's, it's say true. these these true. it is true yeah. it does have an effect it is true it's not it's not dramatically so like you can have a beer absolutely have a beer several months yep. after the fact and enjoy it it may not be skunked or anything mm-hmm. like that or you know start to go sour but yeah always better it's, it, you can just tell when a beer is i mean fresh out of the tap Always the best well, thing. yes, but you can just tell, yeah, <laughs> but you can just tell. I mean, if stouts obviously get better with age, just like us too, but um, you know, most things <laughs> <laughs> drink it straight up. Perfect, a good place for us to finish then this week. Um, there have been the beers that we have drank and the games that we have been playing. If you'd like to talk to us about beers or games you can get us in lots of different ways i'm at nova mm. underscore 47 
Lucy is Juicy Loose 9. That's the socials on Twitter or on most uh, gaming platforms as well. If you want to play games with us, you know, some games have recently come out which we are delving into. I'm playing a little bit of Lemnus Gate, Lucy, and I think, and, and you know, we're looking at Back for Blood as well. So there's various games, that multiplayer games that we are, that. Yep, yep. That we are looking at playing as well. Mm. So uh, come and chat to us. I'm sure we can hook up some games and things. Uh, we, all of us, Adel included our tanked up cast over on Twitter and on Instagram as well, which is much unloved for ages now. Um, Adel is always floating around and he will be back next week, I believe, for a special, slightly sponsored episode from a Belgian brewery, uh, Hatched. Oh, yeah. ha- hatched. Ha- 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 hacked. Beer? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about more. Next week about that. Uh, um, he spent time in yeah, Belgium. He'll know. He's fluent. Yeah, he'll, he'll know. He's fluent in Flemish yeah. at this point. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> he'll know exactly how to say it. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be checking about their beers uh, next week because they've very kindly sent us some samples. So we should be delving into that next week. Plus the games that we have been playing and things that we've been doing. But if you've got anything to chat about in the meantime, as I say. Hit us up on the socials at our handles or come and join us in the Out of Lives Discord and come to outoflives.net as well to read, hear and view lots of different things that all of us over there are doing. I think that's probably it this week. Yeah, you're, you're very good at plugging. I don't know, yeah, bah, 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 bah. or more. And still remember Jeez, all of that. It's, like, it's, it's hard. I think I get to a point where I'm like, this, this, you this, this, this. And I get to the end and I'm like, there's something else. <laughs> there's nothing else. Just say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> www.outoflives.net